Arius Wednesday Night Livestream. Today we are talking about what Brian Kelly is doing to fix the biggest problem with last year's team. Okay, we talked about quite a few things that LSU did not do at a championship level. We talked about yards per play. We've talked about the defense having two really rough outings in their final two games last season. We're also going to talk a lot about team chemistry. Jackson has already super chatted. The Newcastle fan himself, he is saying this is peak hype season, but how concerned am I with chemistry issues on this team? Okay, Um, and we'll talk about Brian Kelly's comments regarding all of that. Okay, we say hi to so many of you on a glorious hump day, but chemistry is a very subjective thing. We all know this, right? Team chemistry is only as good as how many games you actually are going to win that next year, right? If you win a lot of games, the chemistry was great. If you lose a lot of games, the chemistry wasn't great, right? But I want to talk about something a little bit more concrete, a little bit more objective, and I felt as if what Slade Roy, the deep snapper, shared with us yesterday is actually something that we have not talked enough about. Uh, Start fast, finish strong. Um, I think it's really important to start fast. Last year, we didn't start fast in most of the games. And it really did hurt us. Even though we came back and won some of them, some of them we couldn't overcome it. <clears throat> I think it would be a lot better if we just started fast and kept the hammer down all game long. And I, that team knows it. It's preached. Uh, and I think we're going to do it. Is that something that Brian Kelly has is, is mentioned to the team to, to get out to some better starts? Yeah, and so it's one of our it's one of our traits to start fast. And I think it's really important. Uh, we had it last year, but we still really didn't understand what the traits were. Like everyone, everyone would make jokes. Oh, Coach Kelly has these traits, but no one really knew what they were. But now everyone's starting to understand it. All right, start fast. We need to, we need to start fast. Like it's very important for us to do this. Ab so freaking. Absolutely. Now you understand why I like having Slade Roy on the channel so much. A few weeks ago, we had Ovia Gufu on the channel. I want to share with you a few statistics, okay? So what we're going to do, as we always like to do on PHL, we like to look at the actual data, okay? Because data tells us, well, some more objective facts about actual teams, okay? So you're looking at the numbers last year, first half points per game. If you're listening to this via audio, LSU was 57th in the country when it comes to first half points per game at 14 and a half. Okay. Now, something to keep in mind when you look at this is this is all the games. Minus Southern, okay? This is just FBS versus FBS. But when you Power 5 adjust these numbers, so you take out the New Mexico game where LSU started fast, you take out the UAB game where LSU started really fast, and you take out the Purdue game, which was playing a bunch of backups, in those games, LSU scored 17, 48, I said 48, 24, and 35 points in the first half of those games. So LSU was not a good first half offense, okay? 
first half defense. LSU was 63rd in all of college football when it comes to first half defense at 13.2 points per game. Now, once again, I'll repeat this. The SEC West champion LSU Tigers were 57th and 63rd in first half offense and first half defense. Okay. But when you take a look at their first half, or should I say their second half numbers, LSU, when it comes to second half offense and second half defense, they were in the top 15 in both statistics. Now, of course, we would all agree you want to be better in the second half than you were in the first, but the second half offense averaged 17 points per game. So three more points than the first half offense. And once again, as we shared, that number is buoyed by some weaker opposition. Second half defense, LSU only gave up less than 10 points per game when it comes to second half defense. Okay. That is the biggest issue. LSU did a really good job. Jaden Daniels, Brian Kelly, the whole team at figuring out what to do offensively and defensively as the game moved on. The issue, though, is starting fast right out of the gate, right? There are so many games you can point to where LSU had extremely slow starts, whether it was offensively or defensively. Ole Miss, one of the better games of the season, we started slow. Obviously, Mississippi State was a game we started very slow. Florida State was another game we started very slow, only three points, and so on and so on and so on. So it is good to know that Brian Kelly is really hammering home to this team. We have got to be focused, and we have got to fire straight out of the gates with better football, right? Because there shouldn't be a discrepancy. The best teams have good first-half statistics and great second-half statistics. We had mediocre first-half statistics, but elite second-half statistics, right? So to be a championship team, as Slade Roy shared, you have got to start faster. And it's also on special teams. It's also on special teams. We have got to be better. Obviously, a lot of our special teams' mistakes, in particular the Tennessee and the Georgia game, they happen in the first half. So, starting faster. That is the title of today's video. Brian Kelly is fixing LSU's biggest weakness. On a macro level, we've got to be better. Okay? We say hi to Michael B. Uh, I know a lot of you want to talk Denver Harris. I'm so tired of this story already. Um, obviously, Brian Kelly referenced it earlier today at the press conference. So, there you go. Now, let's go to Jackson. This is peak hype season, but how concerned am I with the team chemistry issues on this team? Hearing Brian Kelly's alleged keep this up and you'll go 500 comment after the latest fight has stuck with me. Okay, so let's start with the uh, the latter instead of the former. All right. Obviously, this is peak hype season, right? Like you just said, we're all ready to see real football actually happen. Okay, so. Why are we still talking about the fights, right? The fights more so happened last week, but I do want to share something, Jackson, as someone who does football content full-time. There have been an alarmingly high number of fights in the NFL 
at practice this season. Now, a lot of them are at joint practices, so you're actually going up against another team, but there was actually four different fights today at these joint practices with professional adult football players. So fights are relatively normal. Now, what I would say is, well, earlier today, I thought it was hilarious. Colorado had a team fight. So there's other college teams that have fights. I don't think the fights are the big issue, though. The the crux of your comment has more to do with the you'll go 500. I think that's more the coach keeping his team focused, ready to go, because you don't want this team to lose focus. Now, how concerned am I about chemistry issues with this team? Now, um, I am of the belief that the team chemistry is really good. I have a very good relationship now with Slade Roy. I think a lot of you can see that uh, now that he's been on the channel three times. And Slade told you guys very honestly that the energy and the chemistry is actually really good with this team. Brian Kelly earlier today at his press conference mentioned how good uh, the practicing has been from his best players, in particular Malik Neighbors. At the end, he said Malik is even more focused in practice now than he was the year before. And look at what he did last year. Okay, so I am of the belief that the team chemistry, Jackson, is really good. And one other thing that makes the team chemistry really good is, yes, you did lose some really good leaders. You did lose a Jorah Jenkins. You did lose a B.J. Ojolari. But the simple truth is this, okay? The football team still has really good leaders. Will Campbell, Emory Jones, Greg Brooks, Jaden Daniels, Gary Nussmeyer. So I, I, I don't think there's any chemistry issues with, with, with the team. And I think, obviously, with the Denver Harris situation, you want everyone to discuss, well, what's next? Is, 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 are we worried about the team chemistry as we're learning more and more about what could be a player that won't be with LSU despite all the hype surrounding him? Okay. Now, um, to go along with what Michael B said, I know a lot of you are going to keep bringing up Denver Harris today. So I will discuss it very briefly at the beginning. Okay. Obviously, Brian Kelly issued a statement earlier today about the personal matters regarding Denver Harris. Could he be back with the team? Brian Kelly obviously opened it up to a possibility. He said if he does the right things, he can be back with the team. Okay. It is a distraction. It is something about uh, – it is something to talk about. I understand everyone is worried about it. As always, they're right before the season begins with pretty much every team. That just happens to be when most of the chaos happened, right? A few years ago, it was a flip-flop getting caught in a dock, and now it's uh, a five-star corner. I, I, I will say that you do not want to disrupt the chemistry with this team. Something else I would like to mention, and I hope Denver Harris is back with the team next week, okay? How good was he going to be this next year? Obviously, I thought he was going to be really good. I liked what I saw coming out of high school. I liked the little bit I saw last year with Texas a when he actually was made available to play, and he wasn't a scratch on the roster. But... At the same time, 
I can assure you that there have been other corners in camp who have been doing the right things who said, and I emphasize, said from people who are actually at the practice that Zy Alexander and Deuce Chestnut have separated themselves with Ashton Stamps probably as the third guy. It's probably Ashton Stamps and LaTerrence Welsh with a mixture of Sage Ryan and a few others at the outside corner position. So, like we kind of said last night, maybe Denver Harris is frustrated that he's not playing well. He's slumping. He's not having, you know, good practices. He had a rough spring game. So, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I'm cheering for Denver. We desperately need um, some elite cornerback um, depth and he would definitely bring that to our roster. But at this point, the key thing that you want to monitor necessarily isn't Denver Harris, but it's J.K. Johnson, okay? Um, J.K. Johnson got beat some in the spring game as well, uh, but he got beat by Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. How many receivers is he going to play next year better than those guys? You know, not many, right? So, uh we need to keep up to date with what J.K. Johnson could predict, uh, potentially bring this team when he gets healthy again. So um, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. But to finish up really quickly on Jackson's very generous Super Chat, I, I'm not worried about the chemistry of this team. I'm not. The leadership is there. You do begin to worry a little bit, though, about the overall health of the team, right? Health is wealth. You've heard that phrase a thousand times probably, okay? Um, this does happen. What's up, B-Dub337? He listened to the two-hour stream, and now he's back here. That's why we're live all the time, baby. Tuesdays, Thursdays at 8.15 Central, Wednesday nights at 6 Central, a tight one-hour live stream, and then Sunday nights at 8.15 Central as well. Now, what I want to bring up here is injury luck, okay? You've got to have it. You just do, especially when the overall depth of this team is not its best strength, okay? A lot of LSU's championship teams were very, very, very deep, very deep. 2019 LSU was very deep. 2011 LSU was legendarily deep. Uh, 07 LSU was very deep, and 03 LSU was deep, okay? Most of LSU's rosters have a really good two deep, okay? I feel good about this team as far as a one and a half deep. I feel like a lot of positions have one to two guys that will give you good reps if you need them. But overall, I think the overall roster depth, even Brian Kelly has said this, he doesn't feel fully comfortable with the transfers and all of that. You're you relying on them solely. Okay. Um, I do feel this is true, though. LSU's going to need some good injury luck. And so far during camp, they've not necessarily gotten that, okay? Um, you know, I saw IP mention this as far as Mason Smith. Very minor things, okay? But you do worry when you hear that, right? Obviously, we, we've seen Mason's potential when he's been healthy. He's been an absolute terror. But we're going to need him to fully uh, be there, Okay. The second thing that we want to bring up as far as Mason's health moving forward 
is what does LSU want to do with him in these next couple of weeks of practice? I don't think any one of you want him to get hurt before the season actually begins. So he's had a few minor things pop up. Josh Williams hasn't had a full real practice just yet. So overall, along with J.K. Johnson and a few other nagging things that have popped up, LSU's injury luck has been okay up to this point. So they're going to need it throughout the, the the course of this season. They really, really, really well. But, you know, I, I, I do think this team is in a really good spot uh, to make a run for a potential college football playoff berth. Right now, um, I went through today, and, and I do this probably two or three times during the course of the season. I go through and I do – Win and losses on pretty much every team in the SEC. I get, I print out a schedule matrix. I highly recommend all of you to do this. If you're watching this on the stream, there you go. By the way, we are posting most of our live streams on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. So please go subscribe to that. I'm also trying to grow the Facebook. Go like the Facebook, but obviously the big thing is YouTube, right? We're 500 subscribers away from 5,000. I really appreciate all the support. But when I take a look at the schedule matrix, when I take a look at this team, I keep getting back to a 10 and two record, which would be a very good season. I've gotten myself to 11 and one a few times. It's hard for me to get to 12 and 0. I hope it is 12 and 0, but I keep getting to 10 and two pretty much every single time with this roster. And that would obviously be very good. And depending how, things fall that could get us to a playoff, right? So, you know, right now, that's a really good team. That That is a really, really, really good team. Let's go to Kareem right here. What was my prediction for LSU last year? Okay, so I went through and, and, and looked at the roster, and I looked at the rest of the SEC, and I had them 7-5 and five to 8-4. and four. That's where I had them, okay? And when you actually go look at the results of the games and how we played, we did have good close game luck. So I don't feel like I was like just totally off, but that's the thing, right? The one thing you can't account for is close games, right? It's really hard uh, to figure out which games you're, you're, you're actually going to win and lose if it's in that coin flip situation. And last year, of course, we were nine and three. Okay. Uh, just based on our regular season schedule. Um, but it, it very well could have been eight and four. It it could have been uh it, it could have been ten and two if you had a thing or two go your way in uh the, the three losses you had during the regular season. Um so yeah, Kareem right now I, I have LSU as a ten and two team. I do, and that's very good. Now, obviously, of course, uh, it would probably be best for my super chat and bankroll to tell you guys 12 and out, 12 and out, 12 and out. But 10 and 2 might be good enough here. It very well could be. And also it depends, Kareem, on who the losses are to. Okay. Um, obviously, if you're LSU, the big game you want to win is Alabama. That's a big one. Um, you know, if if you were to go 10 and 2, it is better off if that loss is if, if one of those losses is Florida State. So uh, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, and you can make a strong argument that it should have been ten and two last year for LSU. You can say the Florida State game could have gone um, either way, but in theory, the three games that we did lose 
you know, we were kind of lucky to get back into the Florida State game. I think everyone would agree with that. Um, still, though, the other two losses were, were losses where we got our butts kicked. So, uh, so yeah. Oh, man, Michael B., we actually talked quite a bit about the uh, the Africa trip. I highly recommend everyone go listen to Slade Roy. He's a very uh, philosophical, energetic guy. Okay. So there you go. Uh, now, appreciate all your generosity up to this point. What are we giving away today? This has been very popular on the channel, so I'll give out another one here today. Let's give out another Kim Mulkey card. If we get to a hundo, well, actually, no, 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 no. Let's not do Kim Mulkey. Let's go big. I'm feeling really good about tonight. Let's get this out right here. Okay. This card was just given uh, to me by a viewer. I've never had one of these before. If we get to a hundo and super chance tonight, we will give out a Paul Skeens Team USA card as Paul Skeens is already not necessarily making the major league baseball debuts, but he's doing a bunch of minor league pitching uh, right now. So if we get to a hundo and super chance, um, we will uh, give this out tonight. There you go. Let's see. And mom says, I enjoyed Slade's second visit to PHL more than the first. Crazy. Last night was his third. So let me know which one you like the best. The last night, did you enjoy last night the best? He had a had the dark lights in the background, had the gamer set up. Totally agree, Rob G. Totally agree. It's going to be a brand new game this year. So there you go. Next thing I want to get into is, um, thank you, Julie. You get to pick the next topic. Go right on ahead with uh, the Super Chat. Any topic you want to talk about, Julie, it is... Yours, I really appreciate the Venmo. Venmos are always welcome. Now, uh, TLV, I'll, I'll email you one. I will. Shoot me an email after the live stream. Now, I want to get to the next thing. We've talked about Denver Harris. I wanted to talk about the one topic today. Brian Kelly had a lengthy press conference earlier today. Now, what I want to do is go through just a few things he had to say. I thought the Malik Neighbors anecdote was very interesting. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I feel Malik is primed for a big season. I know some of you feel a little weary about that because Kayshawn, you know, fell off. I've gotten a few questions about that. Are we worried about Kayshawn or, or Malik having a Kayshawn type drop off? I do think one thing we're underselling regarding making a comparison between the two is Kayshawn was coming off an injury. Malik is fully healthy. So I wouldn't worry about that. I had a patron ask you about it earlier today. Uh, and also Malik has a full year of reps with Jaden Daniels. So Brian Kelly talked about Braden Swinson. He's done a nice job on third downs for LSU. And uh, Brian Kelly also mentioned Savion Jones has been outstanding. As far as Braden Swinson, he's a player we've not talked a whole lot about. He's a jack linebacker for LSU. He's going to be Ovi Agufu's backup. Uh, he very well could beat him out. We'll see. Obviously, 
you know, I'm a little biased because Ovi's been on the channel. I do think Ovi's going to be the starter, and I do think he is going to play the most reps at the Jack linebacker position. But it is very interesting that Brian Kelly mentioned the Oregon transfer. BK also talked about Aaron Anderson as LSU's lead punt returner. They do not have their kick returners picked out just yet. Okay, we already talked about Mason Smith had a minor ankle sprain today during practice. We then get to the official statement here. Brian Kelly announces that Denver Harris is handling some personal matters. So those are the big takeaways from the practice or from Brian Kelly's press conference from earlier today. Those are from Cokie Riley of the advertiser. Um, now, I, I do want to chat a little bit about punt and kickoff return. Obviously, the most important thing to do is catch a football. All right. Would it be nice to get some yards after catching the football? Absolutely. It would be very, very, very nice. Um, as far as kickoff returns are concerned, look, you know, there, there's so many people now that can kick the football out of the back of the end zone. I do think as far as kick return is concerned, once again, most important thing is catching uh, the football. But yeah, I think we can get a little bit more out of our kick return game this next year as well. Now, um, I do think, obviously, what Slade Roy on yesterday, he feels a lot better about all the coverage units. Uh, he feels like the unit is way better together. Obviously, we get Jay Bramblett back, who was a really good punter for us last year. So I really do feel that the LSU special teams units will be a lot better next year, and it could be a plus in the return game. It it very well could be going into next year if you have Aaron Anderson back there, and I wouldn't mind Aaron Anderson returning kicks next year as well. We say hi to the master blaster. What's good, man? Good to see you. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, Kareem, I really, really, really do appreciate uh, the Super Chat. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. H-Town says, waiting for the Florida State game. It's like waiting for Christmas as a kid. There you go. Now, next thing, okay, I truly do feel, if you are an LSU football fan, obviously – there is a lot of angst. There is a lot of us that feel as if we might be in a position where we could be disappointed this next year. You've heard about the depth. Uh, I know uh, our first Super Chat was about chemistry issues. The truth is this team has a lot of talent. They're loaded. They're loaded. Okay? I truly do believe that. Now, I, I can – attest to this last year, I felt like that there was a lot of holes on this roster. Thus my feeling towards a seven and five, eight and four type of season. And we finished nine and three. Now were we very fortunate to win quite a few of those games? Yeah. Yeah, we were. We won some close games and good. Luck was on our side. Now this next year, as we started with the live stream tonight, I feel like we are going to be so much better just straight out of the gates. And that goes a freaking long 
way. Okay. It really, really, really does. Starting faster. Now, since we started the live stream about talking about starting faster, let me give you a few specific things that I think LSU can do to start fast, right? Let's just say LSU has issues getting going early in games, okay? One thing the LSU offense didn't do a whole lot of is trick plays. They didn't do a whole lot of, you know, flea flicker, end around kind of plays. Now, we did a lot of pre-snap motion, but maybe that could be something to get our offense moving is doing some things like that, creating some opportunities that are more layup kind of plays, right? Um, maybe that is something that could unleash this offense to give us some very simple explosion down the field, stretching the defense, making them account for those types of actions. Also last year, a lot of the offense that we did earn was earned. We struggled to create opportunities that generated people wide open down the field. Now it's hard to run those types of plays. There's so much timing and design that goes into it. Um, those things are going to be very vital for us next year. Um, it's 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 uh, us hitting explosives with or without trick plays. So I feel like those things could help LSU take their offensive explosion to the next level. Okay. Now, uh, as far as things that have happened in the last 24 to 48 one minor story, and this is very minor. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Um, you know, this is more so going to be obviously um, at the next level. But my thoughts go out to Russell Gage. He had a very serious injury with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had a very serious scare in the Cowboys game last year in the playoffs. So I wish Russell nothing but the best. Obviously, we have a bunch of redemptorist love on PHL, but it does open up the opportunity for Trey Palmer to get his reps. I know it's kind of crazy, but Trey Palmer has had a dominant offseason. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But I wish Russell Gage nothing but the best. LD88 says, I know of two trick plays against Purdue. Yeah, we had the one Malik Neighbors touchdown. Maybe that's a sign of things to come. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. So, so yeah. And Terrace had a little scare this weekend, too. We shall see. Rob G says, next year will be our year. Now, next thing. Uh, there is a lot of hype surrounding Mason Smith going into this next year. We talked about him having a minor, you know, injury, but I've listened to the linebackers talk about how much better the defense is when he is out there and he is, you know, eating up those blocks and opening up space for them to operate. It's going to be very key. But one thing that Brian Kelly did in today's press conference, he did specifically mention 
how important it is to have Omar Spates in this defense, right? Where, you know, Harold Perkins, it's going to be a new year for him. He's going to have to cover more. Coverage obviously isn't what he does best. But having someone who is a really good coverage linebacker next to him is going to be so key, right? And Brian Kelly talked us through that process. And look, maybe, just maybe, Omar Spates ends up being the linebacker that has all the accolades by the end of next season, right? We've seen some defensive award watch lists out there, and Harold Perkins is on pretty much every one of them. We've seen Makai Wingo be on some of these as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think those awards are obviously really good, but ultimately it comes down to how your defense works together as a unit. And once again, we shared with you those numbers. You've got to start faster in all three phases of the game for you to be a championship-level team. And I I truly do believe that was a highlight for me from Slade Royd's interview yesterday. Okay? Now, uh, I pretty much touched on everything that I wanted to get into as far as LSU football is concerned. I'm going to take as many questions as we possibly can. Once again, we're not going to be going all night. This is a Wednesday brief for a live stream. If you do Super Chat, we'll keep it going past seven, but we like to keep it around an hour long on a glorious hump day. Okay. Um, You know, I think when I'm looking at the SEC and I was going through all my projections earlier today, okay, this is the third variation of me going through all these helmets. Okay. And it's interesting. I have LSU tied with the second best record in the SEC next year. One team I keep talking myself into, even though I'm fading them just a little bit, is Tennessee. Okay. I'm not in love with this Tennessee team this next year. I really am not. But I like the way that their schedule starts off, right? Um, Virginia made a disastrous hire. I think they destroyed them. Um, Austin P. you, you got to go to Florida in, in week three. UTSA, I think, could be a tricky game. But with Tennessee, I've seen a win total set at 10. I could see that under hitting. I really do like that under if it's at 10. But most books, I've seen it at nine and a half. So let's go to how he says, am I going to do a uh, a show on the SEC channel? No, I'll do one tomorrow night. Uh, my SEC live stream, um, I'm starting to do some with like certain teams. I've been doing some Arkansas ones because Arkansas fans have, have been the biggest supporters of the SEC channel. I'm thinking about doing an Auburn one. Auburn has shown me a lot of love lately. South Carolina shows me a lot of love. The two schools, ironically, that don't show me any love on the SEC channel, Georgia, Alabama. Georgia, Alabama are the two schools that just, like, if I do a video on them, you know, I've done a few Georgia videos that have popped, but not 
not many, not not many. But doing an SEC channel is really hard because you know people come in and they want you just to talk about their team. So tomorrow night at six, I'll do uh, an Arkansas only live stream. But it's really, I honestly talk about all the SEC teams in general. Okay, I will say this, like. I think Nico will start at Tennessee before the end of next season. I do. I really, really, really do. Uh, I don't like Joe Milton as a fit for what Tennessee is going to do. But I think it might not matter because the offense is so good. And they do have such a soft schedule to start the season. Um, One school that has grown on me. Uh, is um is Auburn. Auburn's grown on me some. And I just go back to Hugh Freeze. Man, they are just such a well-oiled coaching machine. Everywhere Hugh Freeze is gone, the teams outperform their ranking. Let's go to Harrison Prentice. Everybody welcome Harrison to PHL. Good to see we got Tiger Stadium in the back backdrop right there. I could tell Harrison is at the Texas game. You are very lucky. Uh, I've shared the story before. I was supposed to be on the field for LSU Texas. And I got a message a few days prior um, that they did not need my services anymore. I won't say who they were. But the media organization did not need me to go anymore. And my heart shattered because I always wanted to go to Austin. I'd never been to Austin before. And I love LSU football. Anytime I got these huge opportunities, I loved it. But but yeah, it sucked. It sucked. But yeah. Um I'll go through I I'll go through obviously Harrison is gonna be a very general. Y'all welcome Harrison in here. Um this will be a very general look at how this uh, this matchup will be, okay? Um, I feel LSU's defensive line has a pretty good shot versus Florida State's offensive line. I feel Florida State's defensive line has a really good shot against our offensive line. However, I think both will be better prepared to stop the other. Because last year I felt the trench battle overall was kind of a push for us versus their offensive line. And obviously last year their defensive line dominated ours. Probably the worst offensive line performance. It's definitely one of the worst. Okay. But for good reason. We didn't have our right guys picked. Um I feel this year, though, that both offensive lines are going to be better served. I also feel, Harrison, that the quarterback matchup is a little bit of a wash, even though both quarterbacks had really good games last year. I like LSU's wide receivers against their secondary. I hate the matchup for us going up against their receivers, right? But. One thing I will say, Harrison, okay, and I don't want people to freak out over this, 
Florida State special teams, according to last year's SP Plus, which is an analytic from Bill Connolly at ESPN, Florida State had some of the worst special teams last year. Now, ours was worst in in the mat worst worse without a T in the matchup versus uh, Florida State than vice versa. But the truth is, and this is just the honest truth. Our special teams is going to be so much better this next year. I really do feel that way. And Florida State would like to think their special teams is going to be better. So uh, for me overall, Harrison, it is just so even across the board that it's just kind of hard to find, you know, matchups where you feel unbelievably confident with LSU versus what they have. Like last year before the Alabama game, I loved our DBs versus Alabama's receivers. I did. I loved our defensive line against their offensive line. In this one, though, it's it's hard for me to just point at one position group and say, yes, we have such a massive advantage that I feel good enough that this matchup is going to lead us to victory. Uh, but I do like our squad. I do. How says Auburn will win four games maximum this year? Yeah, I mean, so they start off with UMass. That'll be a win. Then they do have to go all the way to California, Berkeley. When that game kicks off, it's going to be interesting, but they should win that. And then they have Sanford in week three. So they should start 3-0. and And then they have at Texas A&M in week four. That should be a loss. Georgia should be a loss. And then they get a bye week before they travel to LSU. Okay. They draw Vanderbilt from the SEC East. I think Mississippi State's going to be awful next year. They get New Mexico State. So I see six wins here. I do. I do. Okay. LA Mom. Says, I've been hearing good things about Keon Coleman. Yeah, he's a good football player. He's a good football player. You got to be ready for him. That's all there is to it. Mark says, he just got off work. That's why I'm here, baby. To bring that energy. To get you ready for the season. It's going to be a great season. Okay. Now, once again, get your comments in. We got 15 more minutes left to go here. Uh, next thing. All right. And I'm actually supposed to do this at the 30 minute mark because I've got to reach uh, a certain number of PHL merch purchases. So support your boy. PowerHourLSU.com. Get your shirts, tumblers, mugs, posters. You got the OG PHL shirt right here. Hoodies. Fall season's coming around. It'll be chilly before you know it. Have your PHL hoodie ready to go. Once again, you get four PHL shirts. I'm sending you a Joe Burrow card in the mail. PowerHourLSU.com. Once again, that is PowerHourLSU.com. If you've not gotten your new PHL shirts. Look at the way she looks at him. Don't you want your lady looking at you that same way? PowerHourLSU.com. 
slash merch. There you go. Tyler thinks Auburn's winning eight games next year. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a few teams I'm fading. All right. I've shared on last Wednesday's live stream teams that I am really talking myself into. Texas A&M is one of those teams. I'm somewhat bullish on Ole Miss going into next year. Um, One team I'm fading next year is South Carolina. I think the under on their win total at six and a half. And the funny thing about it is they have stability at head coach and they have stability at quarterback, right? They return Spencer Rattler, the former five-star. And then I think if I'm starting a program in the SEC, take out the elite programs with the Hall of Fame coaches, Shane Beamer might be my first pick to start a program. He punches above his weight. But I don't like South Carolina's offensive line. I don't like their schedule. I don't like the OC hire that they made from the Adam Gase coaching tree, Dwell Logans. Logans, I always butcher his name. Um, and their defense wasn't good. They lost their defensive line coach to us. And I feel like you can run the football on them at will. They could not stop the run. So for me, I, I, I am out on South Carolina. Out. They have to go to Georgia. They have to go to Tennessee. They have to go to Texas A&M. And they have a neutral sider to start the season versus North Carolina and a top five quarterback, top five NFL draft pick next year. I, I I am out. Okay. Another team I'm out on is Mississippi State. This is a, a sad, sad, sad story. I would not feel this way if Mike Leach was still the coach. I wouldn't. Okay. I would not. But I would tell you that Mike Leach would be happy that they made the decision to go with Zach Arnett. I do not agree that was a good decision. Okay. Um, I, I, I got to be real. I, I really, really, really do believe that this next season for Mississippi State could be a disaster. I really do think so. Now, it's going to be year one in that Garnett era. But I felt like they rushed things. I didn't like the OC hire from Appalachian State. So, you know, for me, I'm out. I'm out. So those two teams, I'm out not only in general, but at their win totals. Now, Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. I am in a slow draft right now. You get eight hours to make your pick. I have 10 minutes left to go. This is my team right here. Josh Allen, Travis Etienne, James Conner, Antonio Gibson, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Gabe Davis, Kadarius Toney. I don't have a tight end just yet. Okay, All day, I've been going between Nico Collins and Dalton Kincaid. All right. Who would you pick out of these two? And if you want to sign up and play fantasy football with me, 
Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. I wanted to save and make this pick with you guys, you fantasy football legends out there. Once again, this is a live stream schedule. Okay. All right. I'm down between these two. I kind of want Dalton Kincaid because I already got Josh Allen. I could stack them. I like Nico Collins a lot next year. What are you guys thinking? Let's go to Hal. While you guys think of who I should pick here. Mississippi State is going to be horrid. Yeah, I think they're going to be bad. I do. I really, really, really do. I don't think their offensive line is going to be good. They lost all their key defenders. Here's my thing. I pick again, and if I want Nico Collins, I think I need to take him now. I think Lando is da- Land Lando is Domin would pick Nico Collins if I don't pick Nico Collins. If that makes sense, y'all are saying Kincaid, Kincaid. I don't have any tight ends just yet. Oh, that's that's a good question, Ellie Mom. Who on a neutral field? Thank you for your super chat. Um, earlier today. Let's see, do they play each other this year? Mississippi State and Vanderbilt? They do not. I would have Mississippi State as probably a three and a half point favorite on a neutral field. Let's go to Christopher Hall. Does LSU have someone like that on standby? Because every year, LSU's first game of the year, their opponents manage to play someone else before they play LSU, and it gives them an advantage. Well, last year was the first year I can point to where that happened, right? Actually, no. That's a good point because in UCLA – in 2021, had a week zero game. Then in 2020, but this year, Florida State does not have a week zero game. Yeah, so UCLA, they played Hawaii, right? Am I going to go opposite PHL and pick Nico Collins here? Because I know if I pick... Nico Collins, Dalton Kincaid is going to come back and burn me. But here's the thing. I still could take Dalton Kincaid in this next round. Let me know. So every single one of y'all said Dalton Kincaid? Let's take a look at the poll question. 76% of you said 11-plus regular season games. Pull up here. 
Van, what's good, man? Y'all got to let me know. Nico or Kincaid? Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Pressure, what's good? And once again, if you super chat, we'll keep going. Got a few more minutes left in the stream. Okay. Had a pretty big, uh, really cool thing happen to me today. Really excited about that. Um, we'll talk more about that in the near future. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Next thing I, I, I'll say. All right. I highly recommend you go to the uh, – after this live stream – what Slade Roy shared with us yesterday was so key. And I was kind of, I kind of hope someone asked Brian Kelly about the starting fast thing, right? I want to know more because I like the fact that Slade Roy said that Brian Kelly has specifically stated that we need to start faster. Okay. I'm going to share with you this number again. And this honestly shocked me when I looked this up after Slade Roy said this, okay? LSU started so slow last year. They were 57th in first half points per game. 57th. Defensively, they were 63rd in first half points per game. But in the second half, LSU was top 15 in offensive points per game and defensive points per game. Okay? So the fact that Slade Roy said what he said last night about Brian Kelly emphasizing starting faster is so key to me. Because you can't always be in this position where you fall behind and you got to figure out how to win the game. Right? like we did versus Mississippi State, like we did versus Ole Miss. Um, You know, Florida jumped out on us a little bit, but Jaden found a way to get it done for us. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we've got to start faster. We just do. Okay? Now, uh, there we go. Next thing, I want to be very clear. As far as SEC over-unders are concerned, I've still not made my final official predictions yet. I did not miss a single one that I gave out last year, so I want to keep that perfect record alive. But so far for overs, I am liking Texas A&M over 9.5, or excuse me, over 7.5. I think that was their final number. I could pull it up right here. Um Obviously, these numbers change. I like Texas A&M over 7.5. I like Kentucky over 6.5. I like Tennessee under their total at 9.5. Um, I am leaning over for Arkansas uh, this year as well. So that's right now my favorite personal plays. But today, I also wanted to include South Carolina under. In Mississippi State, I'm leaning towards the under. I am. Okay? I am. Still kind of perplexed with Florida. I am. It sucks to be a Florida Gator. I said it sucks to be. 
Vanderbilt over three and a half is going to be bet heavily these next couple of years. Next couple of years. These next couple of weeks. Heavily. Now, I also wanted to say this. One of my favorite things about tonight is that we didn't do a whole lot of recruiting. Um, you know, I, I I do feel going into next season, LSU's recruiting is going to pick up. I still think Dominic McKinley is going to pick LSU. I know we have a little bit of time until then. I still think it. I really do believe it. I do. I know everyone's tried to tell me he's going to pick Texas, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, uh, let's see. I'm going to get to a few more of these. Uh, at, look, who's, uh, Oh, and who is throwing them the ball? All right, Harrison with the Super Chat. Let's keep it moving. Oh, look. Now, everybody likes Van. But, um, but yeah, Van Van's Van's one of the sharpest uh people I know. I really do mean that. Rick believes that the best is yet to come for recruiting. Now, we'll get to Harrison Super Chat here. Who takes the lead of the running back spot by year's end? I truly do believe it is going to be Josh Williams and Logan Dix. I do. I do. Um, I th- I think I think that's who I think that's who we're gonna roll with. I really do think so. Brian Kelly has said this multiple times in press conferences. I will also share this with each and every one of you. So BK had a press conference earlier today. Uh, you know, everyone made a big deal about the Denver Harris statement that he made. Um. Because it was a big story. But Brian Kelly will just outright tell you how he's feeling about things. A lot of coaches don't do that. So you as a viewer and you as a fan of the team get the benefit of that. You reap the benefits of you know a coach who is willing to share with you a lot. He said experience will win out in the running back room. Okay. Who are the most experienced players in that running back room? It's Logan Diggs. It's Josh Williams. It's Noah Kane. They are the most experienced. Well, what about John Emery? Well, in terms of years old, sure. Sure. But John... um, John's a beast. 
when he doesn't fumble the football. And that's a big if. It's a big if. So Harrison, I, I do think it's going to be the Logan Diggs and Josh Williams show. I think Caleb Jackson of the others has the highest upside of working his way into the running back room. But the good thing is you never know. Nobody thought Josh Williams was going to have the season that he did last year. In fact, I would go so far to say this, Harrison, that has to be top five most shocking developments from one year to the next from any player at LSU. It's 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 got to be up there. It's got to, right? At least with like Joe and his massive leap, we saw some glimpses of that. Josh and all the things he did last year, we never really saw him do something truly special in his years prior. And last year, I had so many plays of his that were just truly special. I had so many. Okay. It's a very good super chat. Now, we'll take a few more here at the end. William Rick. Okay. There you go. And do you have anything uh, here at the end? Feel free to uh, fire. Van, I might just call you after this live stream. So uh, let me see. And uh, my patrons, let me know if you guys, we've been doing some live chats, like live video chats. Um, after the Wednesday night stream, we can also do that as well. Uh, we could do one a little bit later if y'all want to. Uh, I'm always down for that. I'm always down. So there you go. Now, thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate all the support here on PHL. Um, I am posting most of the live streams, including this one, on our podcast feed. So if you like that, check it out. I do prefer everybody watch on YouTube, but share the Facebook, share the Twitter. I, I'm streaming on Twitter as well right now. Just share, share, share. Let the world know that we have the best LSU community out there. Okay? Tomorrow night, we'll be back at Action Live, 815 Central, right here on PHL. It is power, hour, LSU, boom. And tonight, oh, we're doing chicken enchiladas. Let's go. Let's go.